The best, succinct summary of what the Ten Commandments mean are in the Heidelberg Catechism, right in the back of the blue Psalter hymnals that you have in the pews, and we're using this as our guide. I'm going to read the question. Uh, There are actually a few questions and answers on the Third Commandment, I think four altogether. We're just focusing on the main one, the first one. I'll ask the question, and then if you could all read the answer, that would be great. What is the aim of the Third Commandment? Scripture text is the same psalm that the song 10,000 Reasons was taken from. Uh, We're just going to read the first five verses. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That is God's word for us and to us tonight. So this is our third sermon in the Ten Commandments series. In the first sermon, a couple of weeks ago, we talked here at Faith about when you hear those commandments for the first time, whether it's in Exodus 20 or Deuteronomy 5, we talked about how stark and stern they are. And how it's important to realize the context of when God's people received those commandments. It was when Israel had just come out of slavery. They were barely civilized. God needed to be very direct with this pretty uncivilized bunch who had only known slavery for the past few hundred years. And then he gives them the commands and then he works on them and he works with them. And over the years, there's growth and progress, even if many times it's two steps forward and one back. By the end of the Old Testament, it's very clear with following God's ways, the Ten Commandments, God's people need help to do this. They fail. So Jesus comes, and he perfectly fulfills the commandments, and then out of the finished work of Jesus... God reveals those commands in a whole new richness and beauty in the New Testament. We saw a few weeks ago in the first commandment how God being all in all, that passage in the New Testament, that God will be all in all, how that is another fuller, we might even say more mature way of understanding And following that first commandment, have no other gods before me. In other words, I must be your everything, your all in all. I think looking at the third commandment in this light of God's people growing more mature is very helpful too. This commandment has to do with language. 
It's about appropriate words coming from our mouth. It's especially about taking God's name in vain. I want to tell you about a little boy who heard a bad word once. This is a true story. It happened back around 1960. This little boy was at a cadet camp out. Not our church, but another church far away from here. He had a blast, like you always do on cadet campouts. Out in the woods, making fires, and all the rest. This little boy, we'll call him Davy, came home with that wild and exhausted look that little boys have after a campout. His folks asked him how the campout went, and going a mile a minute, he told them all about it, and then at the end he said, and by the way, what does blank mean? His parents turned white. Well, what does it mean? They said, well, who said that word? The little boy said, a counselor was saying it all weekend, blank this and blank that. It was a junior counselor, it turned out. The boy's parents said, are you sure he wasn't saying blank? Davy said, no, he was saying blank. What does that mean? His parents looked at each other and he said, well, we'll explain it to you someday when you're a little older. For now, just promise us that you will never, ever say that word again. And the little boy promised. Can you imagine that? The parents were thinking it was out in nature with the cadets, the last place you'd expect something like this to happen. The father did talk to the parents of that junior counselor after this. This is what we say to little kids about bad words. I don't want to ever hear that come out of your mouth again. Now think about the third commandment. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And then it goes on, the commandment goes on to give the reason. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Have you ever thought about that reason? Think about what it is. Why shouldn't you take God's name in vain? God says, because I'm going to punish you for taking my name in vain. The answer is basically, don't take my name because I told you so. God says, just promise you won't say it. And when you're a little kid, your parents don't go into tons of explanation. Parents say, just trust me. Don't say it. You don't need to know all the reasons right now. It's just no good for you to do that, to say that word. And that's how it was on Mount Sinai, on that smoking mountain. Later, God says, I'll explain it to you more fully. And then he does as scripture goes on. And it turns out, yes, it is about not saying bad words. We must not use his name in vain. We don't go along with this culture that has gotten very used to saying OMG at every little thing. I've said this before. I'd recommend going further and, and suggest we not only don't say OMG, I also think the word gosh is so close to God that as believers, we should just avoid that too. As parents, as individuals, you've got to decide for yourself on that one. I think it's so clearly in place of God, it's so close to we should just drop it. Just use goodness or something like that that's not even close to the holy name of God. So this commandment 
is about using God's name in vain. But as it turns out, it's about even more than that. The answer in the catechism captures what the Bible goes on to tell us about the third commandment. God wants his children, his people, to live a life that celebrates the name of God. About 400 years after Sinai, we've got David the king, who was also a musician, and he wrote tons of psalms. Many of those psalms are a celebration of God's name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name, what we're being led in tonight. God's people got the clear command in the Ten Commandments, and then even they were getting further explanation of it in the Psalms. They were learning the richness of it, but they still failed. They still failed. They still didn't keep God's name holy. Jesus Christ, we just sang of his coming and his work, he came to take care of that and all the rest of our sin. He came to save us and change our hearts. When he claims us and when we belong to him, we don't want to disrespect his name by misusing it, do we? And we want to go even further than not misusing it. We want to actively praise his holy name. We want to worship with God's people like we are tonight. Aren't you so glad that you came for this time of worship with his people? And as the catechism says, we praise him in everything we do and say. We've learned in Jesus that as important as worship with God's people is, all of life is worship in the sense that in everything we do and say, we're called to praise his name. We do it with our lips, with our language, with our actions. So children of God here tonight, saved in Jesus, maturing in Jesus from kindergarten age to grade school to high school to college students in the faith to adulthood, keep the third commandment. Treat his name with awe and reverence. And may the praise of his holy name go out from here to everywhere all of us go this week, in your schoolwork, in your athletic endeavors, in your writing, in your emails, in your thinking, in your loving, in your sharing, in your serving, in your talking, and in our continued worship tonight, in everything. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Amen.